Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, everyone. This is Andrea Shedd. I'm... Uh... Tonight I'm going to be coming from um, talking about the Opal. I just wanted to start off by talking about my day. My day has been um, a, a quite an interesting day. Been one like um, none other. I've had a few different types of uh, phone calls to come in from people that I haven't heard from in a while. I've uh, had some guys to call that <laughs> that called in a while for different reasons. One of them uh, called in particular. This is just to tell you, you know, just how the enemy just will really, you know, when you have something to do for God, how he will, you know, just send um, just things your way. And so I was talking, uh, answered the phone, and the gentleman told me he asked me how was he doing. He told me he wasn't doing so well. I would tell him doing some other things, and so I guess I wasn't paying that much attention, and so I asked him again, and he said, he told me he wasn't doing so well, and I asked him, you know, was he sick, what was going on, and he told me that he, um, the devil had been talking to his mind, had been messing with his mind, and I said, really? Well, what is he saying to you? What what is the what is the devil? What is the enemy saying to you? And that's when he told me that. Well, I've been having dreams about having sex with you, <laughs> and I responded, "Yeah, that that is the devil because the Lord is not sending those type of dreams <laughs> to you." And so that can just show you what type of day <laughs> that I've had. Like I said, I'm going to talk about the open. I'm going to open up in prayer. Um, Heavenly Father, I thank you and I praise you for your goodness and for your mercy. I thank you, Lord God, for being a God of a second chance, for being sovereign, Lord. I thank you for uh, just your your goodness and your mercy. I ask right now in the name of your son, Jesus, that you will be in the midst of this call, Lord God, that you will go before, with, and after, Father God. I ask, Lord God, that you will hide this, your servant behind the cross that only the sons of the living God will be seen. I ask that you would bless Apostle Tracy right now and her husband and her family as they're going through their move and that you would bless in a mighty way that you will provide, Lord God, and um, all that they need, Lord God. I thank you for her obedience and um, bringing forth this virtual conference, Father God. And I ask that you bless all of the speakers that will be speaking. Lord, thank you for those who have gone on before to speak, Father God. I ask that you bless Prophet O'Shea for stepping in for Apostle Tracy on tonight, Lord God. We love you. We praise you. We bless you. You are a good God. You are an awesome God. In Jesus' name, amen. So tonight I'm going to be talking about, again, the opal, as I said. And um, I'm going to entitle this talk that I'm going to do tonight, Heart Attack. Heart Attack. 
The scripture says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. And so um, the description that Apostle Tracy gave concerning the opal um, is as follows. The opal is regarded as a stone strongly associated with emotions, including love and passion. It is also thought to promote spontaneity, imagination, dreams, and healing. It is symbolic of hope and purity, and it also is representative of the righteousness of Christ. Now, honestly, as I look at the defining factors of the opal, I came up with some assumptions of my own, and one thing I could see is the Holy Spirit and how he connects with the spirit of man uh, by looking at the opal. First, it's made of silica, sand, water, and sometimes it's, uh, it's fossilized uh, opals as well. Silica is a hard, unreactive colorless compound that occurs as the mineral quartz and as a principal constituent of sandstone and other rocks. There is a, a, a Roman who is, wrote this centuries ago that in them, speaking of the opal, you shall see the living fire of ruby, the glorious purple of amethyst, the sea green of the emerald, all glittering together in an incredible mixture of light. So as I was preparing for this conference, the first thing that God showed me was a vision. And the vision was of the inside of an opal. And it's funny how when you are in vision, you instinctively know what the symbolism is in the vision. You know, you see something and you automatically know because the Holy Spirit leads you into where you are and what it is that you're seeing. And so... Um, I asked the Lord to show me what um, I should, you know, be talking about tonight and uh, concerning the opal, and immediately after asking, I was envisioned inside of an opal. And this was, this was you know, rather strange and crazy for me. Um, I could not for the life of me understand why I would be inside of an opal. I mean, I was trying to visualize an opal on my, you know, ring on my finger, anywhere else. I, I did not, my mind just did not go to the inside, but I found myself inside of this opal. And and here I am because of, you know, sometimes I, I get rebellious and just hard-headed. I brought myself out of the vision and tried to just concentrate on seeing the opal itself, you know, in a, in a different way. But the Holy Spirit took me right back inside of the opal and the first thing I noticed was at the top, which the shape of the dome was on fire with the colors that are in the opal. And then the next thing I noticed was a, there was a scientist sitting there at the desk looking at the microscope, and I was, you know, wondering what in the world, is, you know, does all of this mean? So then I began my research. I had a couple other visions, and uh, one of them, you know, the Lord uh, leads, I'll, I'll share later, but... um. What I found out while studying on the opal is it is said to have taken millions of years to create. Um, there, but there is a, a Christian scientist by the name of Lynn Cram who has studied out the opal and has discovered, discovered the formula 
to make manufactured opals that have the same component of opals found in, you know, Australia and Mexico and in Ethiopia because those are the main places where opals are found. These are on point. They're, they're so on point, these particular opals that he creates, that you cannot tell the difference. Even those who, um, you know, scientists and things are unable to tell the difference between the ones that he manufactures and the ones that Mother Nature herself makes. And this is huge and significant because, as I said, he's a Christian scientist, and he is able to create opals in a matter of six weeks, not millions of years. And this shows that the Bible account of creation is so true. So standing inside of the opal, the first lesson that God wanted me to know is what comes out is a direct result of what is in um, what is on the inside. So what comes out is a direct result of what is on the inside. The brilliant colors that light up from the opal are a result of the broken glass on the inside of the opal that has been made from dirt and water. Now, how amazing is that, that the brokenness of the gem is what makes it so fascinating to those who are captivated by the opal and what makes it so beautiful and sought after. And this is also what sets it apart. I thought about the words um, that make up the, the definition or the um, to define the opal and those words were emotions, love, passion, spontaneity, imagination, dreams, and healing. And what could be the correlating factors that connect them together? One thing that connected these particular words are the heart. Because these words are the language of the heart. The scripture tells us to hear counsel and to receive instruction that thou mayest be wise in thy latter end. There are many devices in a man's heart or woman's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord that shall stand. And that's from Proverbs chapter 19, verse 20 and 21. The opal shows how the Holy Spirit connects with our spirit and we with his. This connection, this connection is what we would call flow. Uh, we have all heard the term flow, uh, flow in the spirit, connect the flow uh, is another one, but flow is the language of the heart. Um, John chapter 7, 38, verse 39 says, He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the spirit, which they that believed on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. So when we fix our hearts, and our eyes on Jesus, flow can bring forth true revelation of God's heart through spontaneous thoughts in our mind. And most of us try to understand God using analytical reasoning. That's what happened with the disciples um, when um, Jesus was talking to them about the leaven of the Pharisees. 
you know, they reasoned within themselves, is it because we don't have bread to eat? And Jesus' response was like, man, I, I just, you just saw me turn two fish and five loaves of bread and see 5,000 people, you know. So when we try to analyze, that's the language of the mind. Um, but understanding the language of the heart brings healing to the heart. I'm going to say that again. Understanding the language of the heart brings healing to the heart. In, other, in order to bring healing to the heart, one must be able to speak the heart language. Not only is so the language of the heart, but also imagination or pictures, emotions, and pondering, meditation, spontaneity, love, and passion. We have all heard the cliche that pictures are worth a thousand words. And truth be told, many of us have pictures from our past that affect our emotions, which in turn guides our will. This is why it's important that we connect to soul, the Holy Spirit, to bring revelation, illumination, godly meditation, perception, and healing to our hearts. This is what I mean by heart attack or heart arrest. You can look at it uh, one of two ways. Our hearts are under attack due to the cares and offenses of life, or we can see it as being arrested or apprehended by the Spirit of God. Now, you may ask why that word attack, why heart attack? That word, you know, means something brutal and aggressive. And, you know, when you go on a war, there's an attack. And, and isn't the Spirit of God gentle? And the Spirit of God is gentle. Surely, you know, he does not attack us. He, <laughs> um, let me give an illustration of what I mean using Genesis chapter 1. It starts off by saying, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit moved upon the face of the water. Let me suggest that there are those who are listening to me right now that you may feel like you are at your wit's end. But I came to tell you this is only the beginning. See, in the beginning, there was chaos. In the beginning, there was not structure, no order. In the beginning, it was dark and desolate. And someone that is listening on the line tonight, this is right where you are. But I have some awesome news for you. Right where you are, the spirit is moving. Right there in the midst of your chaos, in the midst of your struggle, in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your sickness, in the midst of the darkness, he was moving on the water, and he is moving in your life. Amongst the chaos, in the midst of the confusion, he's still moving. That word move, you know, as we uh, take a look closer, If you take a little look closer, that word move is from the Hebrew word rakash. And it's a funny word because it on the one hand means to relax, to grow soft. And on the other hand, it means to hover, to brood over. And that's from the strong concordance. 
But from the lexicon, it defines it as to be moved, affected, especially with the feelings of tender love, hence to cherish with fear, tremor, hence to tremble, spoken of bones of a person terrified. So some say that when the spirit moved on the face of the water, there was a brute hurricane that took place and that this was not a calm breeze of the spirit moving. And then I heard that someone else preaching, and they said that when the spirit moved on the water, he moved on the water because the water gives a reflection, and in it, God saw himself. And God is moving because he's looking for himself. Uh, we think that we are at our end, but, but it's not over. Mm-mm. We think that it's over, that, you know, man down, but we have to remember what the scripture tells us. It says that, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, that are the called according to his purpose. There was a purpose for God that God had for the earth, and there is a purpose God has for each of us. And everything works together, the good, the bad, and the ugly, all things, the ones that we like and the things that we don't like, all things. Uh, that uh, whatever mama said and, and, and mama and them and the fact that daddy wasn't there, all things work together for our good, for those who love the Lord, who are the called according to his purpose. And this is where it gets good. The spirit of God moved and said, let there be light. So tonight we speak light into those dark situations. Because God has given us imagination. He's given us emotions, love, passion, spontaneity, dreams, and healing. And as we connect to flow, the Holy Spirit to bring light to those dark, hurting places, the light of Jesus, the power, the dualist power, makes our hearts whole. I want to just briefly give a testimony right here because this conference is about sharing. I wanted to, you know, give the word, but I want to be able to share my testimony um, that goes along with this particular subject. And so March the 7th of 2011, um, I woke up that morning, and my ex-husband, who was my husband at the time, we were estranged and separated. He spent the night at the house and slept on the couch, and he had come into my bedroom and asked me to pray with him. And I was so upset, and, I, you know, I knew that he used God to manipulate me into doing what it was he wanted me to do, and so I didn't want to pray. And he kept talking, and he prayed, and he tried to convince me of, you know, how I should pray. And I heard God speak to me and say that this was the last day that I would have to deal with that anymore because I was in a very abusive marriage. And so I went about my dad to go to the doctor. I went to the doctor, and, and um, I had a condition with my thyroid, and so I had to be tested once a year. And it was uh, the time for me to be tested again in order for them to check my doses for my medication. And so the clinic that I went to didn't have a lab in it. I would have to go to the hospital. And uh, my ex you know, asked me what was going on, and I told him, he said, I will, I will take you. So he drove for a uh, company that transported school buses and trucks. And so he had one of the buses, 
and yellow school bus, and he said, I'll just take you on the bus. And so we're on the bus, and we made a few other stops. And to make a long story not so long, he uh, talked about buying a car, and I said, I think that is a great idea because you, you really needed one. And from that spawned a big uh, thing, not an argument because I wouldn't argue with him, but he became very angry and decided that, um, you know, he wanted to kill me because I said that he needed a car and we, not that we needed a car. Um, and so it went from I'm going to kill you, I'm a, you know, I'm kill myself. Um, very terrifying bus ride. Eventually, we get on a road, and I'm sitting there, and he's telling me he's going to take me to the hospital to get the blood done. He took me to an overpass and pulled me and act like he was going to throw me over. He didn't throw me over, thank God. He pulled me back in. He said, no, I got something else. I'm going to take you somewhere where they won't be able to hear you scream, where they won't be able to hear you scream. He said this to me. He said, God saved you before, but I get you now. And he cannot save you this time. And so I, I sat down in a couple of seats back on the bus, and the bus is rolling. And he gets up while the bus is still going. And at, my, at that time, my hair was all the way down my back. It was my hair. It was natural. I had, you know, I had flat ironed it and down my back. Beautiful head of hair. He comes and he snatches me by my hair and pulls me to the front of the bus. And I'm fighting him from the floor, and he's driving. He lets me go, and um, he lets me go and takes me, and I, you know, walk back a little bit further in the bus because I'm figuring if I go back further, he's not going to get up and come again. Well, again, to make a long story not so long, he got up two more times. The further back out, he still got up. So after that last time, he getting up, pulling me to the front with my hair. And let me tell you something. When they finally, when the police finally came, my hair was all over this bus. That's how much force he used to pull me. Because he literally pulled, yanked me by my hair. So my hair was all mm -hmm. over the bus, all over the floor of the bus. Eventually, I go to the, all the way to the back of the, bus, the school bus. So, you know, in the school buses, uh, you, there's a back door. And I go to the back of the bus because I'm figuring that, you know, I can get somebody's attention. Um, so I open up the back door, and there's people, but they're not paying me any attention. It's not, we're on the service road, so it's not a lot of traffic. There's not a lot of people. The bus is going about 45 miles an hour, and I hear in my mind me telling myself, if you jump, you'll walk away. If you jump, you'll live. And I toyed with that in my head for a, a, a little while. Um, I really didn't want to jump. But I kept hearing if I jumped. So eventually I jumped. Now, I'm going to fast forward to, because now I'm talking about the Oakland. I'm talking about the heart. And I'm talking about the heart being healed and being whole. And I'm talking about how the Holy Spirit, you know, uh, works in the heart and what is the language of the heart and how to understand the language of the heart is to understand how to bring healing to the heart. And so as I was um, 
in this healing heart session, I had to go back. Uh, one of the steps, which is step number five, is to, to use your imagination to go to a traumatic scene to see where Jesus was. And so I'm in prayer and I'm asking the Holy Spirit, where was Jesus? Where was Jesus, you know, when I got on that bus to start there? And where was Jesus when this man was saying all that he was saying to me? And where was Jesus when he was pulling me by my hair to the, to, to the front of the bus? You know, getting up, uh, the bus is, you know, rolling by itself. Lord have mercy. Where is Jesus? Holy Spirit, where is Jesus? And, 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 and when I first tried to go in, 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 it was so traumatic until I felt all of the emotions. I felt all of the feelings. I felt everything that was being felt at the time that it was happening. And so I... I um, had to come out, and then I had to go back. Where is Jesus, Holy Spirit? And at this point, the Holy Spirit took me to the back of the bus. And I saw Jesus standing on my right side, and I saw him whispering in my ear, if you jump, you'll walk away. If you jump, you'll live. And then I saw him walk around in front of me and hold me and buffer the fall as I jumped. I jumped, and I didn't break any limbs. The bus going 45 miles per hour. I, I busted my head, but I had an MRI done, and my mind is fine. Hallelujah. I didn't break anything. And I'm alive today to tell it. I am here to tell this story and to show how no matter what it is that we're going through, God is always there. He's ever-present, and he wants us to be whole. He wants us to be healed. He wants us. He, 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 he gave his life on Calvary that we would be able to walk in an abundant life. The scripture says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places, in Christ Jesus, in order that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. You know, he did so much at the cross. And everything is available to us because of what he did at the cross. But not only is it, are there things available to us because of what he did at the cross, because he rose again. He rose with power, and that same power that he rose with is on the inside of us. And that's how we connect with the spirit of God. That same dunamis power, that miraculous power is inside of each one of us. And as we, uh, we all have a, a tank full to bring healing even to our own hearts, our own souls, as well as to be blessings to others. So the opal 
the opal. So grateful for the opal. So grateful for the colors and, and the the light and the the brightness and, and what it represents and what it stands, the emotions and love and passion. Because he loved us so much that he gave his life. In fact, they call him giving his life, his passion. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He loved us so much, and he wants to have a relationship with us. He, he comes to us through spontaneity, through imagination, through our dreams. And and, he, and, and all of this is to heal the sensitive soul. So I'm grateful tonight to share with you about the opal and, and how me um, just being able to study this out has impacted. How, this is the path that God has just placed me on after going through all that I've gone through. And, and I know that I'm not alone. But God, he's with us all. And I'm going to end with this. Hmm. Wow, the scripture that I want to quote, I can't even remember right now. <laughs> Praise God. But I know it talks about he knows the plans that he has for us, <laughs> plans to prosper us and to bring us to an expected end. I, I thank him because he's able to keep us from falling and present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God, be majesty, dominion, and power now henceforth and forevermore. Amen. Prophet O'Shea, you can stop the recording now. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.